This is Alpha Geek Radio. Here by us is Brian Dunaway, and you're listening to Comics Coast to Coast, episode 205, the Nerdtacular episode. And with me tonight is Joel Duggan of Star Crossed Online. It's not really night, but we usually do this at night time. Yeah, it's usually nighttime for right. both of us, yeah. But it's, it's, it's nighttime where I'm well, from, right? Wait, it's, it's nighttime like, at home. Right, it's nighttime at home. It's 3.07 Mountain Time. So that's 6 o'clock. Yeah, six, yeah evening, right? Evening. It's a dinner time. It's is dinner it, theater. Is it? Yeah, that's about what time we record usually, too, so that's not bad. <laughs> uh, no, for me, it's 8 o'clock. It's just after uh, five back home. Very yeah. good. Hey, uh, you do a comic called uh, Star Crossed Online. I do. You do, and you were just you you just got here because you were downstairs uh, signing. Because we're for those who don't know what Nerdtacular is, it's in Utah. It's a, a once a year event that uh, Scott Johnson of of uh, Frog Pants, who is our our uh, how do you want to call him our parent. I guess so. That's a good way to put it. He's our he's kind of our pod parent. Father. Pod father. <laughs> he is the pod father of funk. <laughs> So uh, yeah, he, he he puts on this shindig once a year, and oh my God, it's a it's a fantastic thing. This year we're doing it in Snowbird, Utah, for the second year in a row. Uh, la- Beautiful. Woo! Last year we uh, we had a, a slide, a, a landslide from the from the bad weather. This year it's been beautiful. Except for the moths. Except for the moths. I'm sorry. We do have, there are some... Uh, Mothpocalypse. Mothpocalypse. I was really worried because when I was on the elevator, it said, watch out for moths. And I thought, well, if they're putting a warning, they must be really big. Like those you've seen on the Internet, it's like the really big moths. But no, they're just kind of small. Normal little, size, an, yeah. Annoying little. I have that many back home in South Carolina. I don't even know why there's even a need to put up yeah. a must be different than normal here. Right. Anyway, that's where we're at. We're at Nerdtacular 2014 in, uh, in, at the uh, Snowbird in uh, Utah. And Joel Duggan just got through signing some books for his Starcrossed Online, which you can see, starcrossedonline.com. Yep, I've got one book left. And it's already, Ooh, it's already, I was going to ask. It's already airmarked for Xander. So Ooh, he came up at the last minute. He's like, great. I have to go. I will put your name in it. Just come see me after the panel. So I've got none left. I couldn't bring any more on the plane. We right. only had carry-ons. So. Well, That's, books are heavy, too. Man. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can only bring so many before your back just snaps. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. I've seen Joel's back. It's not going to snap. Also, Matthew Desharm, Matt the Wad, he's with us here as well. Well, as well as his beautiful wife, Lana. Oh, indeed. Right? And uh, so, Matt, this is your first trip out to Nerdtacular. It is. And uh, so far, it's I love it. Awesome location. Right. Equally awesome people. So, And we've talked about, we've been talking about it for weeks now coming up that we were going to meet for the first time. And we did meet for the first time. I saw you yesterday, and uh, it was it was the most amazing thing. It was kind of like that little moment Aww. in my mind where it was, it was on the beach, just me and you, and <laughs> and running towards each other. But Tom Merritt, slow motion, slow motion. It is totally yeah. slow motion. All right, all right. And uh, but I, I got to ask, was I the girl? You were absolutely the girl. Flowing <laughs> uh, hair. Oh, sweet! Long... I got hair again. You, you got hair, which I didn't know. I mean, I've seen pictures of you, but there's less hair there than I thought. And Joel, he's. He's well, totally decided to get rid of his purpose, hair. Though. Right. Yeah. Well, I think Matt's on purpose, too. I think he could grow a pretty sweet ponytail on the back if he wanted to. Yeah, I had one. Did you really? Long, long ago, back in the day. That's scary. All right. <laughs> so, we're, we're uh, like I said, we are the Snowbird. We're in a superior room. If you're listening to us live, we're streaming live, uh, and we're also being videotaped. Uh, so, watch your mouth, Joel. And uh, so, good job. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We don't have really a, a format or a plan other than we're just going to kind of talk about the, some of the great interviews we've had on Comics Coast because we, we have done 205 interviews. And, uh, man, I mean, if there's a cartoonist that you can think of or animator, I mean, we've probably at least talked to them or someone who's related to them. Is there any any interview that you guys – is there any cartoonist or animator out there that you're just uh, you just follow religiously out there? You, the audience, is there anybody out there that's just like, oh, my God, I – 
I have to follow every week. I got to follow Bill Watterson because we never interviewed him, though. No, I, <laughs> God, if we got that, that would but, be yeah, right. But, but we did talk to Stefan Pastis, like on episode two, who helped. For those who don't know the the history of comics coast to coast, uh, it all started out. It wasn't always these guys. Now these are my favorite guys that I've ever been with. But uh, that didn't sound right. No. But uh, no. right, my my favorite uh, crew right now is is are these guys. But I, I started out doing this with Justin Thompson, and uh, he wor- he works at the Shell Studio, which used to be, he used to work at the Shell's Museum, and uh, he was right next to door to Stefan Pastis, uh, who if you don't know, he draws Pearls Before Swine, and uh, which has had a great uh, uh, run lately because he had uh, Bill Watterson, the famous Bill Watterson of Calvin and Hobbes, recently had him draw some of the of, of the comic. Mm. That was mind blowing to us in the comic world. That was like, you know, it was it was an amazing thing. And uh, but Stephen Pastis helped me and Justice, uh, me and Justin get this started. He was on one of our first episodes. Uh, nice. I think about episode two. And you, everything is archived. On I got to tell you, I, I haven't heard the origin story. Right, right. Comics Coast to Coast. That's even though I'm a part of it. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and Justin was there for a while. And uh, John Sanford of Chippy and Lupus, he, he directed uh, Home on the Range when he was working at, at Disney. He was and, a great animator. And recently he's been, he was the director of the uh, How to Train Your Dragon television series. Right, right. If you guys haven't watched that, that is a great – does anybody go see How to Train Your Dragon 2 or seen the series? Oh, my God. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Froze, it's better than Frozen. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no little girls in the room, so I think you're safe. Right. Yeah. Let it go. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that song ever again. But uh, yeah, John Sanford. They, they both were on for a while, and and life is as it typically does. Uh, took hold, and they they had to kind of step out and bow out for a while. Tom Tom Racine was one of my one of my awesome one of my first co-hosts, and definitely uh, one of my favorite. Had a great radio voice. But I kind of knew from the beginning that he was going to strike out on his own, and he did. He went he went on in uh, Tall Tale Radio. Tall Tale Radio, which. Yeah. Which actually he merged that into uh, interviews with was it is it U Comics or Comics dot com? Which uh, I want to say it's don't want to get it wrong. Comics. Is it Go Comics? Well, basically Go he's Comics. working. He was basically working for one of the syndicates and yeah. just doing interviews right there with the, these great cartoonists. Go Comics is the web version of Universal Press. Universal, and I yep. think that's the correct right, one right. that he was with. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he's been done Tall Tale Radio forever. Recently, he stepped down from doing it. So it's, this is a this is a dangerous market, as you can tell. Pod fading <laughs> is a very real danger uh, in the, in this in this market. But yeah. the the thing about it, uh, I think our group though is we, we're also passionate about it. I think we've we've stuck with it. Yeah, oh, and I think I think also too. Um, uh, there's been a lot happening in comics in terms of the way that the model is shifting, right? And the way that um, certain artists are being able to rise to the top, and right. it's given us more not it's given us more opportunity to talk to people we've never seen before, but also enables us to revisit people that we know we'd like to check in with and see how they're doing. But then they've got these amazing new projects because of Kickstarter or mm-hmm. Patreon or whatever. And I feel like that's there's been a resurgence of, um, I don't want to say popularity, but awareness, I think, of right. self, like, pers- like individual creators. Doing right, right. I think I agree with you because for a while it was, um, I know you guys know Scott Johnson, right? My Extra Life, you've seen that guy. He does a, a great comic. It was. It seemed like only the. It seemed like only the big guys were getting any traction, like uh, Scott Johnson, Scott Kurtz. Kurtz uh, um, you know, who else can I think about? Um, there's so many. Uh, Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade. Uh, those XKCD. guys. Yeah, they got so big. Oatmeal. That was oatmeal. Oatmeal. oatmeal yeah. Right. But now we've seen this. Uh, we've seen this shift with uh, with with all these people who are coming up with comics on Tumblr, mm-hmm. and so we're seeing people that. 
I'm seeing people that were on Tumblr that are having bigger numbers than Scott Kurtz was back in the day, mm-hmm. just from all the the social media. Well, it's, and, and it's uh, a one right. it's a one touch reblog, right? right I mean, right. It's, there's not you don't even have to type anything. You just kind of hit the little little roundabout arrow, and away right. it goes. And all of your followers now get the same thing. It's amazing because Scott Kurtz and those kind of guys and Johnson, they all had a build their audience slowly over time, and it's like they're overnight successes now that and and well deserved because their content is is fantastic. But you may not even know them yesterday, and then today you're suddenly going through the archive and digging mm-hmm. through, and it's amazing. What what do you guys read any web comics? Come on, you must read something. What do you read? Well, what's funny is uh, I I just talked to someone uh, earlier. The the panel before this one was about comics in general. Right, right. And uh, afterwards, someone came up to me and, and my wife Lana and said, "You know what? I didn't even realize how much comics are actually in my life." Oh, yeah. He said, "Like when I heard comics coast to coast, I thought, oh, you know, DC Marvel. Right. And it didn't even occur to him that that could include, you know." Uh, the oatmeal and mm-hmm. and uh, some of the other ones that people are always sending around on Facebook or mm-hmm. or posting on various sites. So I think it's there, and most people have experienced it, but they kind of tend to think of it as just like this. It's this little side thing that's part of the internet, right? And they forget that no, there's creators behind these, and and usually whole uh, a whole series behind even that one great comic that you saw that you could backtrack. And find a whole bunch of stuff in the same vein that would be just as good. Right. You know. Now, now Trick Nerd, I know you. Your Trick Nerd is here with us. Uh, Daryl Skills, one of my favorite uh, Twitter posters, and uh, also <laughs> on the morning stream. Uh, is it almost daily now? Do you do it every day? Is it is it every day? Except for Friday, of course. Right, right. And you you get asked or harassed about uh, Star Trek trivia questions, right? Yeah. Right. So you surely must have a comic that you read on the daily. Anything? Don't say my extra life. I know you want to. <laughs> you can also say Guy in a Bush. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was a big fan of that. That was a great comic, wasn't it? Yeah. For those who don't know, you used to I, draw a comic that. Well, I got to say, I've run into a lot of people here right. that, that are uh, fans of yours, and yeah. the first thing out of their mouth is Dunaway needs to draw more comics. Oh, absolutely. And I agree. A true story. So peer pressure. I, I From now on, it's not. There you it's go. True. There it's you true. go. I mean, like, it's it's no hi, Brian. Nice to meet you. It's hi, Brian. Draw more. I, yeah. I've got someone yeah. who's following me actually all around because I did a a, a unicorn with a with a manly muscles <laughs> on his chest, <laughs> and she wants me to hurry up and get the print or shirt or whatever ready. That one made me laugh yeah. so hard the first time I saw it. It's like this image of a unicorn. Yeah. yeah but what like with like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth? It's got this big hairy chest. Yeah. It's. Really curls. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's, it, and that's always been my problem is uh, I, I get these brilliant ideas that are kind of like one-offs. But even Matt has kind of tried to encourage me to do like a little, a little, little something, a little project little, thing. We were yeah. talking about. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see, see where that goes to. We'll see where that but goes. But I, I think you could get away with doing something kind of like uh, Savage Chickens. Right. I mean, I don't know why you couldn't go that route. I, I know in the past you've often had like themed. Right uh, comics like you had the guy in a bush and all that, right, but right. but I think your humor is just so crazy and out oh, there. You might as well blushing. just just do like he does and just do that like one off. Just just do it. Yeah, just just one uh, uh each comic make it right, like right. A, a, its own isolated joke. See, you know, I've you know why I've avoided that. 
because Scott Johnson always did that for the longest time. And I didn't want to be I didn't want to be Scott Johnson's shadow, but you know what? There's worse shadows to be. Yeah, well, right? I mean, he's he's not the only one to do it either. Oh I mean, no, you know, no, Gary Larson. You know, yeah. oh, you're yes, in good yeah. company. You oh, know? absolutely. Right. True story. True story. I'm totally different than Scott. I get them confused. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so some of my uh, we Savage Chickens. If you have not read Savage Chickens, it's a, a it's comment. a Post-it note. Uh, the guy, he he draws it on Post-it notes, and it's little chickens. Get your iPhones out. I know you have them with you. Get your get your little mobile devices out, and uh, we're going to do a a live Savage Chickens lookup because this guy is fantastic. And it was one of the things that uh, prompted me to do something that what's that. Yeah. Right. He is the new Gary Larson in my he mind. He absolutely is. His name is Doug Savage, and we had him on uh, Comics Coast to Coast 182. And, we've had him on. Uh, we've had him. Yeah, this that was the second time we had him on. Yeah. And, uh, uh, what? Because he he was down in Halifax actually. He, right. Well, he's uh, in Vancouver. He's Canadian, and he's he came down to Halifax for Halcon last year just to visit. Right. Uh, and Joss and I ended up having dinner with him and his wife. What? Uh, and uh, it it was really cool because I mean I, he gave me a copy of his book and he signed it and drew a little sketching it but he of course right. drew in it like he draws in the post-it notes with pens that have like needle tips to them right, and like, right. to watch this guy almost like just like his fingers were just sort of wiggling around and then he goes yeah here's a here's a cartoon and he's like how did you do it's like a postage stamp you know and and he has to do that with all of this stuff and he was telling me that he draws uh, Savage Chicken sometimes three and four times because if he messes up, he then has to start. You can't erase in a post-it note. This is true. It destroys but them. So he has to just put a new post-it note down on a light right. table, trace it over again. Oh, really? So it takes he, him that long. It, the one that gets published is like the fourth iteration often. Oh, that's funny. So he, he does. I actually done that. I've, I've put a post-it note on top of another because remember when you used to do it with the, you do the flip books? Yeah. And it's kind of the same idea. You just kind of, you want to put it over top of it so you get a frame of reference and, and do what you need to do. Well, that's interesting. No, I thought, I thought he did it right the first time every nope. time. See, that's no, the kind of stuff you learn. He can't pencil them either because you can't you can't erase them. You can't erase them on a post-it note. I've done that. Well, while we're while we're on the topic of favorites that right. we've talked to, I mean, you mentioned in the previous panel. I think it's worth bringing them up again. Is uh, Adam Huber of, uh, right, right. Bug. of Bug Martini? That mm. same thing. It's it's uh, not necessarily you know overly complex art, but the writing is just so damn good mm. every time. It's one of those uh, ones that you read it, and just about every comic has a chuckle in it. And uh, and he's, you know, a lot of comic artists will set up their their comic. You know, the first three panels are all set up, and then right. the fourth one is your joke. But with him, it's like every panel there's something funny in it. I don't know how he does it. Uh, you know, as often as he does, and keeps right, right. You know, it's always it interests me. Now I don't know if you guys are huge comic strip fans because it's a sequential art and it's art into itself mm-hmm. being humorous within you know three or four panels uh when i was a kid i used to take in uh i used to take the burke breath uh comics which was uh why am i forgetting the name of it burke breath bloom, bloom county thank county. you who said bloom county love you all right <laughs> i used to read bloom county which is which was kind of a oh yeah it was kind of it's kind of a pseudo political kind of uh comic that that had uh, recurring characters that were just fantastic but I, I used to, I would used to take his books, the compilations, and uh, I would mark where he would have a, a punchline because he would he would lots of times he had a four panel strip, but he would lots of times put the punch in the third panel, and then there would be like a, just a follow up panel that would just kind of kind of linger, 
mm-hmm. and it was it was the most interesting uh, thing I'd seen. But yeah, you guys see all my my comic collections yeah. because they're not pristine. I have I have little <laughs> I have little post-it notes in them, yeah. and uh, you know I'll, I'll write little notes in in the, in the paper and say, okay, well this guy's a he's a genius, and I think that's where my passion for interviewing cartoonists come from because, of course, I wanted to be a cartoonist, and I still do. I still love drawing. I still love making people laugh, but. Um, since I couldn't go talk to Burke Breath about what he was doing, I was analyzing it and putting it, you know, putting it down in my own notes. But now that I'm I'm old enough to and brave enough to do something as stupid as ask one of my heroes, "Hey, would you come on a show and let me, you know, harass you for about an hour about everything?" Uh, I think that's where my passion for for this this show came from. You guys have a. Did you I, like guys talk, study? I like talking shop. I mean, right. you, I, you know, oh, I, who doesn't? Yeah. Well, I mean, but the questions in the doc for our show—they're always—it's always me that seems to be getting into like, what pins do you <laughs> yeah, use? Do, yeah, do you what's do. Our, like? How do you do? You have it on the iPad? Like, I'm all—I'm a process junkie uh, because I've taken a long time to kind of hone mine and. The issue that I never had was, you know, being able to talk to Bill Watterson or Frank right. Joe and to ask them, like, hey, so what do you use, like, a Sable Number One brush, or like, how do you do all the things that you do? And for the folks that are listening to Comics Coast to Coast, I always want to make sure we hit those notes because, I mean, obviously, you know, there's fundamentals are key and stuff like that, but sometimes it's just it, it's frustrating when you're trying to learn and trying to get better and the tool that you're using is just not quite the right one for the job right you know right. It, it's like you know having the right screwdriver for and, and or the right tool for the right construction job you need the right tool to, to cartoon and if you can if you're looking at someone's line art and kind of going all right well he's got 20 years of experience but he's using this particular zbrush or whatever right it be you know if it's only a couple bucks why not pick it up with yourself and practice with it but if you don't know that you can't do it so it's nice to be able to talk to people about that and get that information out there because people don't often just like post their new comic and like hey so i drew this with a number two pencil <laughs> uh and uh, uh number one sable brush with indie ink like no i mean you don't think to right, communicate right. that when you're blogging about stuff so it's that's always my favorite part about interviewing Creators. See, I, I think I'm I'm the opposite of you. I'm usually more interested in the like the the philosophy, what's going on in someone's headspace, right? You know, because for me, if unless that's all in place and solid, all the rest doesn't matter for anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I've always said, you know, you can the tools are great, but it's the the artist that makes the tools great. You know, you can you can give a you know a monkey a access to you know the pixar's finest equipment and software and they're just going to pound on the keys but you give you know a, an artist a box of crayolas and they're going to make something that's incredible mm-hmm. but yeah it does help to know the tools and i'm still obviously fascinated by all that stuff as well but and i think uh i was joel and i were actually talking the other day and we were saying well we were wondering oh are we are we putting out shows quicker Mm-hmm. Than where the new web comics are being born. Right, right. So then we, we were thinking, okay, well, if that's the case, do we make this just about like artists in general? Right. Do we start because we've had we had uh, Kenneth Cole on recently. Oh, Nick, by the Nicholas way, Cole. Is, uh, Nick, no, Nicholas Cole is a beautiful yeah, man. Kenneth Cole is never... the, the guy with the bags, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So Nicholas Cole, yeah. Nicholas Cole. Uh, um, yeah. and who did the Maleficent stuff? Yeah, so he did. He did the illustrations for a young adult novel uh, called "The Curse of Maleficent," which came out with the Disney movie. Uh, he's also currently doing uh, the Dawngate Chronicles, which is technically a web comic, but it's like it's a produced web comic with like a writer and an uh, illustrator and, a, and a, a colorist, and it's all based on an EA property, a video game called uh, Dawngate. <laughs> and I mean, it's beautifully illustrated, and um, most of his work is. 
commercial illustration. I mean, he he doesn't really do comics per se, with the exception right. of this new venture into Don. But Gate. it's fascinating, yeah. nonetheless. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it, it fits the bill because he's still even with just a single panel illustration in a children's book or something, you're still trying to do some sort of visual communication of a story, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a good point, uh, and I've often felt like that's like one of the things is to to have some kind of uh, great artwork. You know, that's handy mm-hmm. to have, and then uh, also that it's available to see online because a lot of times when we're talking about the artists, we're like, oh, you got to go check this out. You know, look this up right now, and so I think maybe we kind of broaden the definition right, right. a little bit. But. Absolutely, and I. Uh, Back to the point you said earlier, like, uh, are we doing more interviews than there are new talent? I don't think we are, because I can't keep up with all the new talent. I mean, one, once again, going back to these Tumblr cartoonists who are just popping up, it seems like it's an endless amount of, uh, of new cartoonists coming out every I, day. I, I think you're right. I just don't think they necessarily all fit into the web comic. Right, right. Like, what's it, not niche, but like a pigeonhole like it, right right it's becoming a broader thing you know it's just like a lot of web comics for a long time were very similar to syndicated comic strips but then right. now something that i really enjoy are the journal comics that are out there mm-hmm. uh, i mentioned in the comics panel earlier Bomeries um by Bohm. like she's it it's just a brilliant slice of life from her life in montreal and that kind of stuff i think is becoming more and more popular um wesley hall from PC Weenies. No, right. it's not, no, no, it's not, no. no. PC Weenies. Uh, nameless PC. Nameless PC. Nameless yeah. PC, yeah. PC Weenies is um, Krishna. Right, so right. Yeah. Sorry. Who's also, if you don't know these names, I mean, you've got to <laughs> yeah, you you check, check these out. guys out. These um, are, yeah, so. Um, how many, how many people PC read PC is, Weenies? You guys at least familiar with him? Come on, no. you PC Weenies. You know you want to. He's been around forever. He, he did uh, he did Dork Tower way back in the. Was oh, that? No, no kidding. Dork yeah. Tower. No, Dork Tower. I'm sorry, that's Adam. That's the guy that draws the stuff for Munchkin. Munchkin, John Kovalik. John Kovalik, yeah. We've interviewed John Kovalik on the show, too. We've interviewed everybody. Right. Or most of them. Right. And, man, Getting to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, what's your favorite story from behind-the-scenes? Can you think of one? I mean, oh. the fact that, uh, we, that Nicholas Cole talked about uh, how tightly he was in with, uh, with getting the, the Maleficent stuff, that he might have actually influenced the movie and some, mm-hmm. of, the, some of the style doing that book. That was like that was a good behind-the-scenes thing yeah. that, that I couldn't believe. And we're talking to a cartoonist who influenced a movie that I went and saw. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the scenes, um, the uh, the guy that Rocco's Modern Life. Oh yeah, Joe the, Murray. Yeah, was... Joe Murray. The behind the scenes about how the cartoon. <laughs> how much crack just, was he on? Well, the, <laughs> the how the television animation industry really right. works and how it grinded his gears the wrong way. Like right. that was an interesting behind the scenes. Well, story. I like uh, in that same interview how he was saying that it was because it was around the same time as like the whole Ren and Stimpy thing right right and he was saying how it was wonderful because like all the business people there had no idea what it was that was making these things work right and they had so much creative freedom and uh, he came up with like the the character called Chokey Chicken, and they were like, "All right, sure." You know, <laughs> that's because like, they didn't know they what they no were getting idea. into. They're just like, "Yeah, you're the cartoonist, I guess. Do your cartoony right. thing." <laughs> and so, so I think that that was pretty. I'd, I'd love it, love it if things were at that stage again, where right. like the business people had no friggin' clue what they made this magic happen. Now they can just Google it, and they would yeah. immediately be going, "No, that's not right. We can't yeah. do that." <laughs> right. So yeah, but we in Comics Coast to Coast, we we go through phases 
like nobody's business. Like we we'll go for a while and we'll we'll hit up a bunch of uh, animators because we'll enjoy doing the animation stuff, and then we'll hit up a bunch of web cartoonists, and then we'll and then we'll kind of go through some syndicated cartoonists. And most recently, we had realized, and this was partially due to uh, Jocelyn, our, our note taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say note taker, but she's much more than that. Oh, way much uh, more. But yeah. she she also secured interviews for us for a while. So we said, hey, you know, do this, secure the interviews for us, so that we can focus just on the questions. And uh, so she did, and she started getting all these women. And uh, we we had never thought to approach women cartoonists. Man, is that is well, that a boys club or what? Well, and the first the first thing is it's not that we we didn't think to and Jocelyn didn't think to either she was just pulling in recommendations from Twitter so we think it was actually art and art that she had saw she didn't she didn't necessarily necessarily know that they were female artists until she contacted them because some of them kind of had like you know ambiguous names like Charlie or something right and and it just by accident we happened to schedule we we sent out emails to or she sent out emails to male and female cartoonists but then all the females responded First, so we had this like month and a half of. Like, well, it was more than a month and a half. Six I mean, and a we half. Went, we went a long it time. Was a long time of, of and so then we found out we preferred interviewing ladies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian's on better behavior when we interview I girls. I absolutely which am. Is nice. I try not to. But <laughs> so I think there's really just been a, a. I think it's really a reflection of a couple of things. First of all, Jocelyn came in and uh, she probably was open to more new people at the time because I wasn't really keeping up with it as much as I should have, and Joss was actually looking. I think there's been a real uh, surge of, of yeah. female cartoonists that are that yeah. are hitting the market. Oh, and, and, I mean, like, since I've taken over for Jocelyn from, for the scheduling and, and trying to line up interviews since the beginning of the year, and a lot of the artists that I'm contacting are, are female, and it's, right. I mean, it's, it's half and half, if not maybe slightly swinging uh, heavier on, on the girl side for, for cartoonists. And it's not... That I'm going out and seeking them out. It's just right. like I see the nice art on Tumblr. Go, ooh, I like that. Who draws that? Oh, she does. And then try to line up an interview, and it just it seems to be working in that in that way. So. Right, Lana. Do you ever get uh, you know like you're interviewing another girl? What, what kind of what does this show turn into? <laughs> does she ever get that? <laughs> Matt, no, 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 you're straight. I'll tell you something about Matt. Matt, uh, Uh-oh. all right. I'll tell you something about Matt right now. <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt's Matt's eating time is right before the show, <laughs> and uh, if you listen to the show, he's usually he's usually chowing down on something. So Lana told me that that you do most of the cooking. I do almost all of the cooking, right? So, house, yeah. what are, is there anything you're special at? Are you really good at something? No, no. I, I just uh, I just have a ton of recipe books and i just dig in them and pull out random things that look good and so i'm always eating something weird and well i love it 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 makes it entertains me every time we start the show lana (laughs) what what did you have crock pot recipes big on the crock pot that's that's a typical cartoonist there because it's like i've only got i've only got five minutes what can i do dump things in a pot and eat an hour later right you know what though i can't stand crock pot cooking cooking because you start in the morning time and you have to smell it all day that is tough, especially if you're working from home. Right. <laughs> Can't do that. And that's how Comics Coast to Coast goes. I'll be talking one minute, and then I'll throw something out there that has absolutely nothing to do with comics. We know exactly what kind of cheese Nicholas Cole has in his fridge. We do. That, <laughs> but, man, was that, that beard not fantastic? I mean, oh, the guy has, has a great mustache. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're into beards and mustaches, you've got to look up Nicholas Cole. He is... Yeah. He has grown a quite a. Uh, He's rocking the handlebar. He is something yeah. fierce. Yeah. He is. So from the behind the scenes stuff, um, just from an interview perspective, like forget about like you know your favorite comics. Who right. do you, who do you think would be one of your favorite interviews over the past 
you know, including some of the interviews that we haven't been a part of, like say the last, the last 200. Right, in the last 200 episodes. It, it's, I mean, by far, Joe Murray, that was like one of my, that was one of my top five that I ever want to interview. And I also want to interview John Kerfalik. From uh, from Ron and, Stim- Ron and Stimpy, Ron and Stimpy. No, yeah, even a better uh, John, show. John Kavall, You mean talk about uh, John um, John Kay? Kay. John yeah. Kay. Chris I can't say his last Chris name. Chris Felucci. Yeah. Chris Felucci. Yeah. You worked with Chris for actually for a little while, didn't very, you? Very very short period. Yeah. No, right. I used to work at Copernicus in Halifax, and right. uh, we did the um, Tenacious D. Oh yeah, video. you guys. Oh, yeah. So Jack Black, John, Tenacious yeah. D. Remember so that? John was up. He was he directed two. He did a, he did a um, Weird Al Yankovic music video, and right. then Tenacious D one, and they both have very similar styles because he was just like art directing and directing the whole thing. Right. And he was in Halifax. He stayed at like a bed and breakfast for a month or two while while they were there and working with him. He is an extraordinarily generous man with his time. Yeah. Like he would go to a bar, you know, after uh, after work with people on like a Thursday or Friday night, and just sit there and look at people's sketchbooks and sketch them and have fun. Like, and these are right, all like right. you know twenty year old animators. They're just kind of like it's John Cale, oh right? Ren and Stimpy, come and, on! Yeah, and he was just like, nah, man, just like come on out and have a beer and have fun. And it was it was great. It was See, really I like those, and I'd love if if we could have more like the big names. But I also love when we interview people who totally should be big names, right? Right. But no one, for whatever reason, no one. Knows who they are, like, like a like a, a good example is uh, although she is kind of getting the fame she deserves. I've, uh, I'm going to forget her name, but the one who does Plume. Um, oh jeez, I'm uh, totally drawing a blank on the but yeah. Plume comic. Look it up. It is incredible art. Uh, it's a it's a great story too. Uh, but this is someone who you look at their work and you're like, why why does no one know? This person exists, you know. This is right. gorgeous. So those, I like those a lot too. Because, and Kaylin, if we Kaylin Smith, uh, Kaylin Smith, yeah, right. Kaylin, Kaylin Smith, Smith. yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if there's any way to help people like that, like I'd love to do it. You know, right, right. See, that's that's. I think that's one of the things that we kind of. Uh, we we're really we we make a lot of connections for the cartoonists too on the show because one of the things that's no longer very. Uh, very prevalent in the comic strip industry, especially, is uh, is is the on the on the training. Like you wouldn't, you, you don't see many people. You can't go to a comic strip now and get on the job training like you used to could do. Like uh, Jim Davis back in the day, oh, like apprenticeship, right? Apprenticeship. Yeah. He used to, he would, he he got his start by doing. Uh, uh, who was he? Who do you apprentice for? You guys remember? I can't remember. Uh, oh, anybody? Um, it was the was it the family circus guy. Was it family circus? I thought it was like Glenn Keane's dad. It might have been somebody like yeah. uh, somebody like that, and. Uh, you know that that just doesn't exist as much anymore. But we love. I think that's what uh, podcasting can bring to the table. It can kind of bring these connections uh, that that you might would have only been able to get before through apprenticeship or something. John, by the way, Jim Davis still does apprenticeship. He has. Mm-hmm. We interviewed um, Barbarian. Uh, who am I thinking of? Joel, uh, pull it for me. Uh, oh uh, gosh. Um, Matt Barbarian. Yeah, the Barbarian. Yeah, I know. He draws. Mean. He draws. Anyway, he Jim works. Davis, he works at. Paul's Inc. Inc. Probably yeah, he, draw, he works at Paul's Inc. Blank. Uh, yeah. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. You keep talking, Matt. <laughs> this is what we do on a show a lot too, Tom. I'll, yeah, say, yeah, I'll, just, I'll just throw yeah, I the love questions Things over. will get quiet. I can type a suddenly. lot faster on a keyboard than I can. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, God, I can't remember his name. Question? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever considered following up with some of these? Like um, Tom Bancroft? It didn't seem like that all the questions were answered in the time. Did you 
right? Yeah. Oh, that happens a oh, lot. Yeah, yeah. constantly. Uh, we, we're actually, um, Daniel Liske from Germany is coming back on in the next few weeks at some point. We don't have a date ironed out, but um, he, at the time, was working on Chapter 6 of his webcomic, and he was supposed to release it in May, and there was a delay. So we've delayed his return until the release date. So whenever he has a clear, yes, Chapter 6 will be done, we'll be bringing him back on the show to talk about that. So right. Is Dave uh, the Barbarian? That's what I was thinking of, I think. Is that right? That's not right. That's something else. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brian. What uh, are you doing? It's funny that you mentioned Tom Bancroft, and you were talking about education. Uh, Tom's uh, site, taught by a pro, uh, he works with several other artists and animators, and one of the things that they have is... Uh, Michael uh, Yance, uh, who draws the norm, and he does drawing a comic strip. So he kind of goes over the basics with you know an hour long or two hour long video. I haven't actually looked at looked at it yet, but uh, the cost of these things is ten bucks. And you're talking about dealing with professional animators that are say like how to animate fire or hair, you know the basics of animation, character design for animation. Uh, Tom uh, Bancroft does one about drawing appealing female characters. Uh, for comics and animation. Which we all appreciate, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, all of these things are becoming just like podcast interviews, making this stuff more accessible. The pricing on these things is $10. I and mean, then you don't have to go to, you know, get an art degree, you know, to learn how to draw comics or even buy, you know, a $40 book. Like you can dip your toes in with a $10 video. Right, right. Which is really cool. Uh, my favorite interview, I think, uh, was Dave Kellett. Dave Kellett was a great. Yeah, interview. that was. My, I mean, he 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 hadn't released Stripped yet. He was still ramping up to that. So unfortunately, we couldn't talk to him about right, it too right. much. Uh, someone else will probably have back on the show if we if we get a chance. Man, he um, had so much information because yeah. at the time he was talking to all these other cartoonists. Oh yeah, we, he has so much. Like, just the man's brain is just filled with mm-hmm. everything. Not to mention, he's got a master's in like cartooning history. Right, right. From the University of London. I didn't even so did know Brian. that was a thing. Yeah, right. He, well, apparently, <laughs> he uh, probably made it. He's like, this is now a course. <laughs> yeah, I demand it. I put enough work into this. It is now a course. Um, but no, interviewing him was like a highlight for me because I mean, when I first started getting into web comics, they had just released the book. Um, Straub and Kurtz, Geiger and Kellett had just written that, and I right, followed right. that, and it was a big influence for me. And, and his strip and his consistency over the last ten or twelve years of, of his webcomic was it was really cool to talk to him. Absolutely, and very difficult to keep my cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. And we get, we get a lot of uh, we get a lot we get a lot of information sometimes that can tell us that we can't share, which kills us. Oh yeah, because oh man, yeah. I would I would love to share stuff, but we just about every interview we have, we usually say. We usually end the interview with, with, with Chris thanking them for being on the show. And we always tell them to come back on the show because we would love to hear when they get through with their project. And lately, uh, that's been even more important because we are kind of opening up this story about these artists like Snorfels and Meeps and mm-hmm. these other Kickstarter projects. Yeah, right? that's and, another one that I love is the, the fact that we can potentially help people achieve their project by, right, right. by making it a little bit more known. Right, right. I mean, uh, I just love the whole Kickstarter idea in general. I mean, the fact that someone can can ask a community, hey, you know, I'd like to make this thing. Can you help me make it? Right. You know, that's, that idea was just not even possible even a handful of years ago. So I, I love that. And then the fact that we can do our part and and kind of put a blast out and let a whole lot of people know that this exists and you should be interested in it. Right. Like, I love that. Now, of course, like, uh, you probably know that, well, we know it. Uh, Comics Coast to Coast may not have the number that, that some of the numbers of some of the other shows 
do, but we do it because it's a passion of ours. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I've seen other shows on our network, and I've been involved with other shows that had fewer numbers. And uh, I would, we would, it would just, you know, just pop out of existence. But for some reason, I, I just can't let this one go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I constantly hang on, and as a result, we've had a lot of. Uh, a lot of cartoonists. I, th- I feel like we, we probably speak mostly to other cartoonists. I mean, a lot of cartoonists listen to us. I would think, yeah, I think that most of the mm-hmm. listening audience either is has, mostly in the industry. Either in, their, in, the, in, in the industry or, or trying, to, trying to be. Right. Or, or Is anybody trying to break into the webcomic yeah, industry? Is, anybody kind of thought about it, said, you know what, I, I draw funny. I write funny. <laughs> no? Come on. Not in this particular I'm looking at this you, particular Trek moment. Trek yeah. Nerd, you want to do a comic. <laughs> you want to do one? Me and you? Right here? No? All right, fine. Well, you know what? You just go back and drink your urine or whatever it was that they had this morning. It's a fizzy yogurt in space. I actually had a little taste of that, uh, and it tasted, it was kind of sour. You said it was, you said it was, you said it wasn't wasn't bad. It was kind of sour. I've never tasted urine, but I can't help but to think that's hopefully not how it would taste. (laughs) Sorry, off on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, So how many, how many Kickstarter like oh my gosh! Every almost every episode lately seems to be involved, at least with some Kickstarter. And usually, the reason why is because we'll send out a, a you know, a, and it's, I think it might be partially because of the way we're looking, because we're looking for people who have uh, current projects, and we want to uh, talk to those people. So we want to know. We we want to talk. We don't want to talk to somebody. We've done this before. You get an interview, and you're like, "Hot dog! This person's super talented," but really, they're just kind of set on cruise control right now. And uh, so you'll talk to them. There's nothing really new happening, and there's nothing really interesting. So the only thing you really get from them is, you know, what tools they've been drawing, which which is great. Mm-hmm. Joel loves that part. But then, you know, there's not really any great news stories to tell. So a lot of times we look for interviews. We look for people who are on the go, on the move. Has something going, yeah. I mean, right. it, 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 whether they've got a new book that's just been published or, right, you right. know, uh, just returned from or are about to head to a big con is usually something I try to when I schedule people I try to say like hey like come to a time like come on the show at a time when there's something important happening or circling your work right right but uh, and but and, and the easy thing for that kind of stuff is of course the the kickstarters and and the um crowdfunding stuff cuz people are just like market like just intensely marketing their stuff with, right. during those 30 or 40 days that they're doing their is anybody stuff. got a kickstarter project going come on no Kickstarter projects? You'd be support anything. Are your is your name Nicole Spagnola? <laughs> because that girl backs every Everything. Kickstarter yeah. project ever. Yeah. Matter of fact, she'll usually do that. She'll say, I didn't realize I'd even kickstarted this one and now they sent me this stuff. <laughs> I think uh, she just did a book. She just uh, kickstarted a book not too long ago that was um, like robot uh, some kind of robot story or something, which then makes me remember that we interviewed um DaCosta. DaCosta just yeah. recently, who is oh. Who was a great guy? What, what's the uh, robot? Uh, what's the March of Robots? March, March of, robots. of Robots. If you haven't looked at that, yeah. If nothing, if there's no other reason in the world to listen to Comics Coast to Coast, it is so that you can find all these new great comics. We do a lot of research, and a lot and of the stuff there. you can see online, right? Very easily, and and that one's another one that's really worth looking up because he's one of the types of artists where everything that he draws, it looks like it belongs printed on something, like mm-hmm. on a T-shirt or. You know, on a I don't know a toaster. Know. Yeah, a toaster. <laughs> or on a dog on a doghouse systems. Have you guys a, seen that oh, downstairs? Yeah. The doghouse systems. He his stuff would fit right in. He, it would oh, be perfect. Really it would be cool perfect. Doghouse system. Yeah. You know, April Ness is here too, and, and uh, that's Viking Lass. Yep. Isn't it? Yeah. And she's doing. She did one, and it is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And she's downstairs, by the way. 
uh, if you're not yeah, she's right next to it as a matter of fact right and so and she's down there with Andreas Ekberg yep oh, and excellent. Uh, yeah. have you seen his new uh, his little thing his little totem thing no does anybody know what I'm talking about what is, what what do they, what do they call it it's uh, it's, it's from the uh, oh. uh, that new that new app game what did, I have it somewhere does anybody know the name of that game you know what I'm talking about Monument no. Valley Monument Valley yeah. Monument Valley has anybody played that I think Johnson played that. Yeah, we'll see if she was here. She could talk about it. Yeah, but she's not. But oh, she's so not. It's very. It's one of those new kind of minimalistic looking right. games, yes. which I like. And and then the weird part of it is, and the cool part is that it's got this very MC Escher thing going right, on. Right, right. Perspectives. If you yeah. if you uh, turn this block a certain way, some two paths that didn't look like they fit together suddenly do, and mm-hmm. it's like and sideways. Uh, uh, steps and ladders. It's just a crazy, crazy game. Right. It is a crazy game. And so is that guy. He's Andres Ekberg from, he's uh, from Sweden originally, but he lives in New York now. Yeah, I, I don't know that part. Yeah, yeah. Him and his girlfriend are here. And uh, and he's not, he's he's actually been working with Hakito. Do you, does anybody remember Hakito? You remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, Skyhawk. He's he's uh, working at Nickelodeon now up in New York, which is, I, I want to get some interviews. I'm going to totally like, uh, Get an interview out of him to make him <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. get no, somebody cool. You got to got to use what you got. I had forgot that he moved to Nickelodeon. He did. He moved to Nickelodeon, and uh, he's he seems to be doing great. They called me. They Facebook they Facebook me. Not Facebook me. Facetime me. Facetime Facebook me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and uh, they Facetime me from uh, from from the Nickelodeon. They were in, eating lunch down there, and I tried to get interview then too. I'm I'm relentless. Yeah. I'm like, well, who's around you? You know, it's like, is there any talent there? Let me talk to him. Get him on the phone. But. Uh, yeah, I love those yeah. guys. So there's a lot of talent here at uh, in in the whole nerd tacular yeah. groups. Yeah, and you're are you going to be are you going to be doing any doodle challenges like we talked about on Twitter? We, uh, we talked some trash on Twitter about doing. Yeah, that. no, I, I'm I'm on board. I just I don't know when it's happening. Right. So April Ness she, she lined it up last year. She lined it up. Was it up I think she, she, uh, she wants to do it again this year. So she said she'd let me know. Right. Uh, what was she's the deal here with that? What, how did that run? What was what was? With last year or this year? Uh, last year, last what year we just we just all hung around and sketched for like an hour, just kind of in the lobby on the comfy couches. That was it's just kind of a social thing. But this mm-hmm. year, she wants to do something where she gets a bunch of artists together that are here at Nertacular, and then we all have um, like kind of cue cards in front of us. We draw right. for like a few minutes and then pass it down. Right. What's oh, the best way to I follow for that? Like Twitter? Should it be following you? Follow on Viking Lass on Twitter. Viking Lass yeah, on Twitter. She'll she'll be she'll be posting it out. Um, she's here until Monday, as is as are most of us. So I think right. that. Um, Hammond, you have a question. Yeah, actually, I was going to make a statement. I actually did an episode of my show where I talked to four different artists and I gave them five things to draw. Did you really? And then we revealed them live during the show. Right. Don Kelly. And, um, Did you get Don Kelly on Right. Very good. And what's the name of that podcast? Beyond the Playlist. Beyond the Playlist. I've been on that, haven't I? Yeah. yeah. Matt, you've been on it? I do not believe yeah. I have. No. No? Yeah. Not yet, but soon. Yeah. Soon. So you, anybody draw? Come on, you people. Your artist off. Lana draws. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. You like, you like to doodle a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. What you got? You got a sketchbook with you? I've seen some sketchbooks this weekend. Mm. You went to art school? Where at? Missouri Southern? Right. This is how it's going to feel when you become a famous artist and I interview on Comics Coast to Coast. <laughs> how do you like it? It's good. I like it. Is it right? It's not bad. You're a programmer now? See, that's stupid. That's what I did, too. Don't do that. <laughs> It'll blow your life away, man. 
<laughs> yeah, I had a. I, I was always a, a, a person of two minds, and it seems like the logical side pays better. Yeah, mm, that's yeah. just how it works. <laughs> right. So does I mean we've only got I got we only got ten like, minutes. Right. Q and A. Anybody have I, any I questions? Question yeah. For you guys. When what was the event that triggered you from being that made you decide you were going to pursue art as a profession? Right. Ooh, what made you decide? What What was that defining moment? There was never a choice. I I think. I was always drawing and I was always doing cartoons. I found out that um, a local uh, editorial cartoonist, um, like he had a book out and I got it for a gift as a birthday or something like that, and my dad would show me his work in the paper. I didn't get the cartoons, obviously, because they were above my head. Uh, (laughs) But it was my first exposure to somebody who got paid to do that every day. So I thought, okay, well, that's an option. Um, And I've never had anything (laughs) like like, that. you just uh, yes, that's an option. That's, yeah. Well, how, but, but, how old were you? You're you're very mature for your age. Well, always. I was like ten. Well, it's, it's that right. or astronaut. Yeah, well, that's or, what yeah. I mean. I, I was there was never a fireman. <laughs> there was never pro athlete or anything like that. It was always drawing of some sort, and it bounces around within the industry. Like when really early on in, in high school, it was comic books, like you know, Hero Comics, that moved on to comic strips. Uh, in in later uh, high school university, and then swung to animation after university. When I realized that my BFA was, I can't use a four letter word with a young kid here, yeah. but <laughs> not not as not worth as much as I paid for it. Uh, so uh, I had to find something else a little bit uh, easier to to be, um, I guess, pursued as a professional artistic uh, adventure. Um, but then it came full circle back to comics eventually. And I, it's one of those things that has always been like a flame for me. It's just been be paid to create. And I've learned over the years that um, even though comic strip cartooning is the passion, I don't know if I'd want to do it every day. I don't know if that's what I would want to do alone for, for a living. Um, I get commissions. I do some animated work. I do some graphic design uh, my friend Ryan Murphy and I just redesigned Tom Bancroft's website. Right. Uh, so since he's been on the show, he's now got a new website from us. And that was extremely fun. And that was graphic design. I didn't draw anything. But it was just creative. And I feel like um, as you get older, your horizons broaden as far as your creative endeavors and what satisfies that kind of creative itch changes. Um, but I've, I've always just wanted to, to draw stuff and create stuff for a living. So it's, it, there was never any kind of epiphany. Right. What set you in motion, Matt? Well, I'm similar to Joel. It's it's basically all I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I I always wanted to be an artist, but the the animator thing I can actually remember that the, the exact moment where I was like, yes, animation is the thing for me. Right. Um, because I, I I knew about art and I I could draw and all that. I knew what was involved in animation, and uh, we went like it was a, like a silly little class trip over to the public library or something. We were going to go watch 101 Dalmatians. And there's this one particular shot where the main character, you know, the, the English guy, comes kind of jogging down the stairs or whatever. He's whistling and humming and writing and all that. And it was so realistic. I didn't know what rotoscoping was. Right, right. So I was like, oh, my God. You know, someone was talented enough to make that look that real. Right. It just blew my mind. I was like, you know, how is that even possible? So uh, it just fascinated me. And so all I've ever wanted to be is an animator and thankfully that's that's what i've been for the past 17 years right, right. uh so i was not familiar with rotoscoping that was uh that was a process that disney started using correct and it was yeah basically they would film an actor right. uh doing a motion and then they would essentially trace it but you know right. they would alter alter the, the this is before computers 
Yeah, and right. and some of the stuff is is just gorgeous that yeah. that you can do with it. Um, but I still I still kind of tend to prefer when it's done uh, without yeah. without that assistance. Right, right. You have to guess perspective and that kind of stuff. But yeah, so that's it's just all I've ever wanted to be in. So I've always thrown everything into that angle of things. Right. My my I started out uh, the thing that got me started on being a cartoonist is because. Uh, I, I have insecurities about whether uh, people were laughing at me. So, uh, true story. And uh, my my mom, I would used to ask my mom because I, w- I was I wanted to know what what was funny. What was funny? I've always wanted to know what was funny. So I used to bug my mom. Uh, and the thing I never understood was I remember getting the comics pages and going, "This is supposed to be something that a kid consumes, but why am I not laughing? I don't get the jokes." So that set me on this path of bugging the crap out of my mom every time asking her what it meant and so i would ask my mom every time what this comic meant and over time i just kind of developed this love for uh writing things that were not easy to see right on the surface because then i realized you know i could be part of i could be in on the joke i didn't have to be the end of the joke i could be in on the joke and i could create the jokes and that's pretty much everything from everything i do whether it's podcasting or humor or anything it was because uh, I wanted to be in on the joke. I didn't want to be on the outside. Yeah. 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 How's that for you? Analyze that. <laughs> Wendy, I got Wendy. Where's Wendy at? I need her now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you for that question, Hammond. Is, is there any more questions? Got one over here? With all the different artists that you guys go through, right? All the different mediums of expression, do you guys ever get opportunity or curiosity to explore that which differs from what you guys know? Oh, my. Yes, oh, me God, especially. I, every. Time and see that's that's a danger too, man. Because for an artist, because it's easy to try to find that perfect pencil or that perfect thing or that perfect medium to express yourself. And but the only problem with that is you spend more time learning than creating. And yeah, it's it's a it's a dangerous slippery slope. But I do love it every time I see somebody do something and I find out how they did it. I'm like, I got to go do it now. I've got to go figure out the process. And mm. and then I don't ever create anything, Matt. I think there's there's always something that kind of slips in. You know, uh, someone might even have a style drastically different from mine, but I might see something about how they approach it or whatever, and, and it sometimes I'll find it has kind of slipped into my work without my knowledge. I'll be like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's where I got that right. from, you know? Because mm. I, I know there was a couple of guys I, I worked with in my first uh, – my first professional animation job that were hugely influential on my my cartooning style right but i wasn't conscious of it at the time i wasn't like oh let me see how they do it and then and then imitate them but it it just kind of just what's good just goes into it and comes out in your work right whether you want it or not i mean none Mm -hmm. of us lives in a vacuum so yeah I remember a few years ago I was interviewed by the guys in uh, province of New Brunswick called, and they do a show called Where Monsters Dwell and they had not read or had seen any other interviews with me because they like to do their stuff pretty off the cuff and one of the guys gave me this huge compliment and he said like I see a little bit of Calvin and Hobbes, I see a little bit of Frank Cho and I see a little, little bit of uh, Bill Amond in your work and I was just like you just named my top three influences when I was right. in my 20s when I was learning how to cartoon and without realizing it like my personal style has become kind of like a sandwich of that stuff with some you know flourishes over the years um, and that's always been really qu- kind of cool and I, I see myself 
looking at some of the people we interview and kind of going, hmm, like I like the way that they colored that. And I, I mean, I do a black and white comic, but I do color right. work for clients. And sometimes it's like, you know, I wonder how they did that effect or um, I like their color palettes. One thing that I know specifically has been worked in at Starcrossed has been uh, the use of a brush pen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not been like, oh, hey, like I'm going to go learn how to use this and never implement it. And I forced myself to use it on the comic, which means mistakes, which meant some messy fixes in Photoshop and stuff. But eventually, I used it in a way that suited me. It sped me up as far as my inking was concerned. It gave me a better, more more cartoony feel to some of the things I wanted, fur and hair and things that really were suited for the brush pen. And it was great. And it was because we interviewed somebody that they did their entire comic and brush pen and you just want to strangle them. Like, yeah. It looked amazing. Just kind of like, how do you do that? And it, like, it just because it, it's funny how you can you to counteract something I said earlier. Say like you know you want to try that tool. Well, sometimes that tool doesn't necessarily meet your style of, of an existing property. Like I use pens a lot when I draw Starcrossed, and you know to switch to entirely brush, it doesn't look like Starcrossed anymore. But some things, you know, it, it works well for trees and background, mm-hmm. and it enabled me to do faster deeper environments you know for my comic and i've that's that's been something i've pulled away from interviews is seeing people use use tools in ways that i can incorporate into my work right kind of a flip side of that question though that i equally love is when we see artists and they do something completely different from how i would do it and i know i'd never want to do it that way but i love how they do it Mm. you know i would never like want to draw that way or apply the color in that way but man they've got it down right. like i love seeing the differences the the fact that you can have uh someone uh who's just doing really sketchy stuff over here and then someone who's done, doing something highly polished over here and stick figures over here and somehow they all work like that's that's magic why is that the case uh, you know how is it that there is no one perfect standard like i love that that's fascinating to me. Like it's like alchemy or something, you know. They 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 found their own personal combination of things to make magic. I love that. That's interesting about you, Matt. I didn't know that. <laughs> Lana, you have you have something for us? Yeah. Can you tell us something about your fan art that you did? Yeah, tell us about the fan art. Which which fan art? Uh, Come on. This is my this is my wife's question. By right, the way. right. <laughs> She's trying to make me look good. So too late. You already look fantastic. Oh well, thank you. I do fan art occasionally for people. I, I did, did even something for uh, you did Mr. One Duggan. For me and you did one for the um, Kaylin Smith. Yeah, I did one for her. I did one for uh, oh, who, uh, Brubaker. Oh yeah, yeah. Who, who was briefly on the show and uh, right. and then just through poor. He access had, to yeah. connections. Tales of a Checkered yeah. Man. Tales of Checkered Man, which Love I him. thought was awesome. He moved and his internet went down. That's how he lose some host. He he moved and he just didn't have very good internet anymore. Which yeah. which sucked. I mean, yeah. he kept trying. You could see he was he was willing to, right. to give it a go, but he just did not have access to a good connection. Yeah. So, that was the saddest story, probably of the. And it's a great way to end the show. That's it. That's all the time we have. <laughs> Ended you, on a sad your question. <laughs> thank you for all you guys who showed up. Uh, we had a we had a great time. Do listen to Comics Coast to Coast. You can go to, you can go to comicscoasttocoast.com and follow me on uh, Twitter at the Brian Dunaway. Follow Joel Duggan at mm, Joel listen. Duggan. Joel says Joel Duggan. Joel Duggan. <laughs> right, and then follow Matt at Matt underscore the underscore wad why with the underscores. Uh, because someone's squatting on my name. Perfect. All right. Squatting <laughs> on my name is even a better way to end the show. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week.
Thank y'all for coming to this show. We really do appreciate it. It's going to be even bigger next year. Yeah. <laughs>